Hey, this is Dr. Phil, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Chabelle. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Chabelle. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is the host of the Dr. Phil Show, Dr. Phil McGraw. After achieving his childhood goal of becoming a psychologist, Dr. Phil co-founded Courtroom Sciences, Inc., providing litigation, psychology, jury selection, and other services to major companies. It was there where he began working with Oprah, who invited him on her show, and the rest is history. I caught up with Dr. Phil to ask him timely questions about the impact of the pandemic on our lives and get some advice for this podcast episode. What can both institutions and individuals do to start addressing our global mental health needs? Dan, I think we need to move mental health and mental illness to the forefront of the narrative because all of the focus has been on the physical virus itself and nobody's paying attention to the fallout that's coming from the extended quarantine. We're social animals. And by being isolated for this long a period of time from children all the way up through the elderly, we're seeing increase in anxiety and depression and loneliness. And then that translates into physical illness as well, both in terms of exacerbating existing illness and causing people not to go get early screenings and keep up with treatments for existing illnesses. So the fallout is both physical and mental and emotional. So this has just got to be pushed to the forefront so people pay attention to it. It's invisible right now, but the fallout is going to last for years and years to come. I think that's so important and 100% agree that this should be at the top of every leader's agenda right now. The other thing that's happening is we're at a loneliness crisis. I mean, especially with people working remote, they're very isolated. What are some ways to build meaningful relationships from afar? The number one thing is to commit to doing just that. We have to be alone together is what it amounts to. So what that means is we do have technology, and you and I were talking about that uh, before we went on the air. It can be your friend and your enemy. But right now, with social distancing, that doesn't need to mean social isolation. And loneliness is a big deal. Loneliness contributes to an advanced curve in dementia. It increases the curve on diseases such as cancer. There are all kinds of problems that loneliness underlies. So what has to happen here is we've got to take the initiative to reach out to others. The best way to fill any void that you're feeling is to give away what you need the most. If you're feeling lonely, then find someone that you suspect. Maybe you have an elderly person on the corner living alone. Go reach out to them. Knock on their door and step back 12 feet and say, hey, you don't know me, but I live two doors down or I live a floor below you in the apartment building here. I just wanted to stop by and introduce myself and see if there's anything I could do to help you in some way. You probably don't want to give me your phone number, but here's mine. If you'd like to talk, give me a call. I don't know if you have FaceTime, but I would love to chat with you. I'm on the way to the store. Can I pick something up for you? I'll leave it at your doorstep so we don't have to have contact. And you have to be willing to Zoom with your grandkids or your brothers and sisters, whatever. But there's a lot of research that shows that even looking at the face of a loved one can really help with loneliness and depression and anxiety. And when that face becomes alive on a computer screen with you talking to them and hearing their voice and laughing together, the technology exists now where you can play 
a board game together on the computer. And it adds so much to your experience of the day that you can look forward to. We have to take the initiative to figure out ways to stay connected. Even though you don't have that physical contact, you can have the emotional, spiritual connection with somebody else through technology. It's true. And I grew up with my parents saying, don't talk to strangers, but <laughs> we need a sense of community now more than ever before. You know, during the hard times, we need to come together because that's how we're going to solve each other's problems to make us less lonely, but just to create a better sense of community and society. And going back to what you said before, our education system has been highly disrupted this year, as you said. What impact do you think <clears throat> that school closures and remote learning will have on a children's life as they eventually transition to the workforce? Children need this contact. Parents are not professional educators. They don't know how to teach these lessons at home, particularly in first, second, and third grade, the primary grades. Those children are not as adept on a computer as older children are, so there's definitely a gap there. And if you're not reading on grade level in the third grade, your risk of not graduating is four times greater. We need to get these kids back into school as fast as we safely can, not only for the educational aspect, but for the social interaction, the extracurriculars, whether it's debate, drama class, whatever. They need all of this to be well-rounded individuals, and we need professional educators professionally educating our children or they're simply not going to be competitive. And we're gonna see that fallout 15, 20 years from now, and people are gonna look back and say, you know, a decade and a half ago, our kids were not in school for a year, and a big gap was created. And it wasn't just that one year, that gap never closed over the rest of their educational careers. I'm curious, how has this crisis impacted you as a leader, and what are some ways you've continued to build trust with your employees, even during these times? My approach to this is while everything is shut down, I looked at it like, look, these are not obstacles. They've shut down our studio. They've said we can't do this, we can't do that. These are not obstacles. I, I got everybody together and on Zoom, uh, which I didn't even know existed two weeks earlier, and said, look, guys, these aren't obstacles. These are opportunities. And this wasn't just a motivational talk. It was truly a call to action. I looked at it kind of like a NASCAR race where everybody else was in the pits and we've got an open track. So let's drop the hammer here and figure out how we can deliver our message more effectively. How can we use technology, which is what we're gonna to have to rely on in a more impactful fashion? We figured out a way to have a virtual audience and then how we could interact with that virtual audience, how they could vote on different issues that were before them at the time. And then we figured out how they could communicate with us, how we could do things visually and, and verbally. Just came up with all of these different ways that we could do this. So I said, let, let everybody else sit on the sidelines. We got an open track. Let's drop the hammer on that. And we did that with our show. And then, you know, we've got the company Doctor On Demand, which is telemedicine. Talk about a silver lining. Who wants to go sit in a room full of sick people during a pandemic? So we started doing everything we could to facilitate that being even more user-friendly and saw 7,000% growth month to month. We, you, know, you just try to figure ways to say, let's seize the day, seize the moment, and not look at it as reasons to not proliferate what you're doing, but opportunities to just do it in a different way. It's definitely the right attitude and certainly part of why you're successful overall. You're open to new ways of working and have an optimistic mindset. When others complain, 
you're already looking for solutions and you have, and I commend that. And finally, what is your best piece of career advice? My best piece of career advice is I believe in a defined product. And for each individual, who are you uniquely? There's a lot of layoffs right now. A lot of people are being sent home. You need to be that person in your organization that is one of two things. You either need to have a unique skill set that the company simply cannot live without, or you need to be that person that knows how to do everything from unlock the front door to unjam the copier, to get the computer working right, to having the relationships with your core customers. You need to be that person that is uniquely equipped to do what is important for that company to exist. You don't want to be wallpaper. You don't want to be a face in the crowd. You want to be somebody that has a skill set that really is important for success and you want to be somebody that can be a utility player that can do five or six jobs where maybe last year they needed five or six people. Make yourself indispensable and don't be afraid to take bold actions in a time when people need to make a big impact. Play big, not long when you're in these meetings. Don't get up and drone on. Sit there till you have an important idea and take a bold position. So I'm saying distinguish yourself, be unique and be indispensable. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Dr. Phil. To follow his journey, you can watch the Dr. Phil Show and find him on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, where he shares segments from the show, appearances, announcements, conversations, and his family. <laughs> <laughs>